You're listening to Life Church Podcast with Pastor Bill Carpenter. Hey, we are so excited about what's going on at Life Church, and we want to talk to you this morning about that a little bit. Um, first of all, let me just say to all you guys who've been doing the, uh, the men's uh, gatherings here, uh, thank you. It's been great. We just did our last session uh, yesterday of the men's group and uh, had a great final breakfast together. That kind of breaks for the summer, and then we're going to pull it back together in the fall again, of course. But over the summer, we'll have a couple of events where the guys just get together and, and do fun sort of things. But for all you guys who were a part of that, thank you for, uh, for coming, for attending. Uh, thank you for sharing your hearts. I tell you, I grew a lot uh, over these last few months just, just hearing you guys share your stories and talk about uh, the things that are going on in your lives and the things that God has taught you and where you are uh, with God. It's been a very, very powerful time uh, for me personally. It's just really encouraged me, built me up. Uh, I feel stronger uh, having been able to know you men better and to spend that, that time with you. It's been extremely, extremely valuable for me, and I believe for many of the other guys as well. So thanks for, for jumping in there and taking the challenge to get together and to share your hearts with one another uh, and uh, let's, let's, let's plan to get back together in the fall to do that and then just watch for those opportunities this summer uh, for us to get together as well, okay? Um, we want to talk to you this morning about some things that are going on. God's really been laying it on our heart that we be missional. Uh, we've talked a lot about our identity. Uh, we've talked a lot about getting ourselves to the place where we could go out and reach into the neighborhood uh, where we could begin to do some ministry outside of these four walls. Um, and all of that is kind of culminating, you know, all of these many months of, of who are we or who we are, uh, all these many months of understanding personally our identity in Christ and then understanding the identity of the church and, and this idea of, of what we can do. It, it's been a long road, you know, it's been a long time coming. Uh, these have all been fruitful uh, Weekends where we've shared and we've prayed and we've, we've, we've cared about one another. And many of you have gone through some personal ministry times over these many months. And God's been doing uh, wonderful, amazing things in different people's lives. It's, it's, just, it's all been great. And there's probably uh, a lot of testimonies out there to that effect. Uh, but what, what does that mean for us? And where does, that, where does that take us? It takes us to the place we're wanting to go. And we feel like we're on the precipice of that. You know, we feel like we're right on the edge of that. And so this morning we're going to take some time. Uh, today we're going to talk a little bit about elders and we're going to explain to you about elders in this church. And, and we're going to install uh, Wendell Booth as, as a, our newest elder. We're very excited about all of that. And so at the end of the service we're going to do that. Yeah, it's going to be great. Uh, and uh, we're going to have fun with that. Uh, but prior to that, we want to take some time today and kind of open a window of time here and talk to you about what we believe is one of the most vital and important things that is going to happen at Life Church. Uh, because we believe that we're entering a new season. We believe that we're entering a time where uh, we're going to create uh, a, a, a different image of Life Church outside of here. And uh, it's already begun. It, it began as we began these, these series of sermons over the past year, year and a half. Uh, but this is where the, the rubber really meets the, the road, so to speak, all right? This is where it really gets down to doing what we're talking about, you know? Have you ever known someone, and they've always talked about doing something, but they never did it? 
You know, they all, you know, you, you know people, they have these like lofty dreams, you know, and yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to open my own business, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do that, you know. But, the, you know, 10 years later, 20 years later, they're still talking about it. They, they just never do it, you know. Churches do the same kind of thing. Sometimes churches talk about what they're going to do. And then this is what we're going to do. And someday we're going to do this. You know, and eventually we're going to get to do this. And, and you know, God's been speaking to our hearts. And so we're going to do this. But they never do it. And we don't want to be like that. We don't want to be an empty church. Okay? Um, and, and the amazing thing is that churches can be full of people and still be empty churches. Because they're not doing the work of the kingdom. And so we want to talk to you this morning about something that we feel is very, very important to us. You're going to get to it, Pastor Bill. What is it? It's outreach. We are going to do outreach, all right? We're going to get outside of here, and we're going to share Jesus within the context of the neighborhood, all right? And um, we've mapped out an area uh, of, of Sioux Falls, all right? And we've set some parameters of an area that is, is very specific to us. Ha-ha, there it is. You guys are amazing. That's awesome. All right, hey, you see that, that A right up there? That's us, all right? That's the corner of, of Grange and 11th, all right, you know? And so that's us. And what we did is, can you see the green line? Um, we've got several people who are a little bit colorblind, but can you, can you see that? Can't see it at all. Can you see it, Pastor Daniel? Okay, not telling you who's colorblind or anything like that, you know, but uh, you, got, you got it, is it good for you? Okay, and, and Dr. Olson isn't here, so it doesn't matter. Um, but... <laughs> That green area is like a designated area. Now, if you, if you notice on the north end, that's 6th Street up by the, the historical area. Yeah, mom's area, okay. All right, and then if you, if you go south, uh, we're going down to 18th. That's where Sanford Hospital is and, and Lowell Elementary and, and that area. If you go west, we're over to Western. You know, our, our first main street west, west of us is West. <laughs> and then Western, all right? So that's a little, it can be a little bit confusing, all right? So, so uh, then if you go east, it's to uh, Minnesota Avenue, all right? Um, that's an area we want to target. Now, please understand, all right? Let me make a, uh, a disclaimer here. The whole city of Sioux Falls is open, all right? All right, so when we, when we go out to evangelize and share the gospel of Jesus Christ, it's, it's free game everywhere, all right? You can go anywhere in this city and share Jesus and invite people to Life Church. We're happy to encourage people from all over the community to come to Life Church and, and to find Jesus and to love Him and know Him as we do, okay, and do life with us. That's, that's perfectly okay. But we have targeted this particular area because we, we feel like God is putting this on our heart, all right? This is an area that we feel like we need to share the love of Jesus. The Father's heart needs to be expressed in these parameters, all right? Now, I don't know exactly why that is. We just feel that way, okay? So it's not because there are certain kind of people here or, or there's a certain uh, economic situation here. Uh, there, there's, a, there's a blend. This is quite a little area, and there's, there's, there's a, a blend of socioeconomic areas and, and different schools and, and, and churches and things in this area. But this is what we feel God has given us as, as a parameter, all right? And so we're going to talk now about how we're going to reach this area and bring the love of the Father into this area, okay? So I'm going to ask Ryan Lumley to come and Pastor Dave to come. And Pastor Dave's going to share with you first, and he's going to talk a little bit about an upcoming outreach and, uh, and what we're going to do. Uh, so why don't you come and, and talk to us first? All right. Let me get this on, guys. 
Yes, uh, I am excited about this uh, outreach and about this area of the city. And I appreciate what Pastor Bill said about the whole city uh, is our responsibility. Uh, But I think that all of us can see what happens in our lives when we focus in on one particular thing. And and there's, there's a lot of merit to a church taking ownership of where it's at. You know, Jesus said that we were to go from Jerusalem to Judea to Samaria and then to the ends of the earth. We start right here at home. And uh, it's a sobering fact that uh, many of these people in this neighborhood don't know who we are. Uh, they, they, some of them have no clue of who we are. We've just gotten a sign on the building in the last year, so uh, that helps to have a sign up. But um, by and large, we've not reached this neighborhood that God has planted us in. And so it's been impressed upon our hearts and, and most of the people in here. And there's already people praying and prayer walking and stuff and talking to people in this neighborhood that we are to reach this neighborhood. Before God gives us anything else to do, we're to reach this neighborhood. And uh, so we're, like I said, we're already starting with that process, and and Ryan's got some uh, cool things to say about that. But uh, we feel like uh, we're going to launch that with a particular outreach, and that's going to be on the 18th. So you'll want to mark this on your calendar. June 18 is the first uh, official, I guess if you could call it that, uh, Life Church neighborhood outreach. And uh, it's going to be for the purpose of a few different things. Uh, first of all, we're going to introduce ourselves to the neighborhood. Uh, after being here about four years, we're going to introduce ourselves. Uh, so good time to do that. Uh, make sure that they know who we are and, and that we're actually over here and, and that we're uh, a safe place. Um, we're, we want to better understand our target population. You know, this is, a, this is a different neighborhood than on the south side of the city. It's different from the west side of the city. It's different from the east side. We want to understand what are, what are people in this neighborhood needing? What are their issues? What are the things that we can be of help to them in? And, of course, the number one thing we feel the need to bring them is Jesus. All right? Um, we're going to offer prayer ministry at this outreach. It's going to be right out here on the empty lot. And uh, prayer ministry is one of the uh, sort of non-invasive ways that I think we can really minister to people without coming across too forceful or too strong. We can just say, hey, is there anything that we could pray for you for? Uh, do you have anything in your life that is uh, really pressing? And Elder Dave shared with us at the meeting that they were asking people this past week as they were prayer walking, and eight out of ten people said, sure, you can pray for us. You know, prayer is, is something that a lot of people these days are needing. There's a lot of trouble in people's lives, and so if you just offer something simple as prayer, it can open up that door. And we want to express our love to the neighborhood. We want to let them know, like, Yes, we are here for you, and, and we care about you, and we love you. We want to be a listening ear to them. So that's going to be a part of this outreach. And then lastly, uh, and I feel like this first event really is, is going to be key for this, and that is to create and establish a welcoming and open environment where, we're, where we're, we're saying, hey, we're a safe place for you to come. We're a place for you to come and process through the hardships of life. We're, we're a place that will embrace you uh, when your world crumbles. Uh, we're a place that's going to be here uh, when you encounter difficulties in your marriage. Um, so uh, we want to we want to communicate those different messages. Now we're going to um, we're going to be promoting this and plugging it more in the future weeks. But there's about nine different areas that we're going to need people to really take responsibility and own uh, for this outreach. We're going to have food. We're going to have inflatables. There's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, like I said, we're going to have prayer ministry, and we're going to need to do uh, pre praying for this event. Uh, we want to be talking to God about these people before we talk to these people about God. Um, and so uh, be, be praying about what God would have you do 
um, in, in the involvement uh, in this event. So uh, we have set aside a budget for it, and the budget is not just for this particular event. Uh, we've, we've asked the elders, Pastor Bill and I asked the elders yesterday for $5,000. Um, now, this, this event on the 18th won't cost nearly that much, but we've said that we believe God has put this in our hearts to do it, we're serious about it, and so we want to back it with a fund that's going to go directly into this neighborhood. Uh, that could involve many different aspects that we'll be elaborating on more in the future. But the first of those outreaches is going to be on the 18th. And so this is going to be a church-wide experience. We need everybody. Uh, this is not a pastoral uh, outreach. It's not an elder outreach. This is a life church outreach. We need every last one of you to serve in the way that God has laid on your heart. And so please be praying about what God is asking you to do uh, in this outreach on the 18th and going forward. This is just the first of many uh, that we believe God has said to do to reach the people in this neighborhood that he's called us to reach. So, Ryan. Uh, this was one of the interesting things we, we were talking about and praying about reaching out into the neighborhood. And God started giving us some understanding and and we felt like some direction, and so we started to move on it, and things started to happen really fast. I talked to, to Jack about this a little bit and, um, and shared my heart and my vision for what we're going to do, and, uh, and Jack went in, and started praying, and, and he and some of the Tuesday night people just took it, and they started prayer walking on Tuesday nights instead of staying in the building. Um, and then uh, some others came along and, and decided, hey, we should, we should walk on Saturdays uh, as well. And so there's been some Saturday walks. And Ryan, though, has, uh, if you'll remember way back, he gave a testimony. Ryan's, Ryan's done prayer walking um, for, what, a couple of years or so uh, here. Just on his own initiative, he would come and park and then go and walk in the neighborhood uh, and he and Tracy have been models in this church of individuals, uh, not to puff them up at all, but they've been models of individuals who have reached into this neighborhood in particular and loved on little children in this neighborhood and even brought them to church here uh, and done things with them and cared about them. Uh, and he's, he's really, though he's a young man, he's been a spiritual father to some of the, the children in this particular neighborhood, and that's been a, just a powerful thing that's happened and it's been a great thing for life church um, but he's been a part of this prayer walking that's been going on recently and so we want to we want to scoot up to the now and and uh, they started uh, doing these prayer walks in the last couple of weeks even before I started talking to the to the elders and and then we we had our elders meeting yesterday to to really solidify this thing uh, so I asked Ryan uh, we're going to have a testimony every Sunday uh, bef- up leading up in to, to the outreach of what God is doing. So I asked him to just share a testimony about some of the prayer walk experience that's gone on in the last couple of weeks in getting ready to do this, okay? Okay. Um, the week of Easter, I think it might have been the first week that we went out. I don't remember, Jack, but um, we usually came to pray on Tuesday nights, but um, we just felt it on our hearts to go and go and reach the neighborhood and and go out and pray. And actually, Pastor Bill, you were here too, and you prayed over us before we went, which I thought was really key and cool that our pastor was sending us out um, to go and reach the neighborhood. So anyway, it was cold, a cold night, and there weren't too many people on the street. Um, but we had only been walking for a couple minutes, and we come upon these these two ladies getting out of their car, hurrying with a couple kids into their house. And I'm just like, hey, <laughs> as, they're, as they're walking into the door, hey, can we pray for you? And they both turn around and they're just dumbfounded and they're like 
yeah, 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 we'd love for you to pray for us. And I'm just like, okay. So I, we, just, we just ask them what's going on, and they go into these elaborate just um, testimonies or whatever, stories about their lives and how they've been in and out of different places and how broken relationships and stuff like that. And, and they just felt so blessed. They didn't even want us to leave. They were, they, they were just so, so blessed. And we saw this car come flying by. And she's like, oh, that's just my neighbor. And he goes and parks at the house next to him. And I was like, well, I'm going to go over there and talk to him. And I'm like, you guys want to come? It's, it's probably time that you start coming with us. <laughs> just kidding around. And they're like, yeah, we'll probably come. <laughs> so they, they, just, they just wanted to be a part of it right there and right then. They, they, they told me they want to bring, you know, it's only two, two blocks down. Um, and they're just like, we want to bring our kids. Uh, we want to come. And uh, we, we want to just, we want to go to your church, you know. Are you guys going to be there? Because we want to go. And we're like, well, we're not going to be there on Easter. But anyway, so that was really cool. Um, <laughs> they haven't come yet, but I mean, I know the door's open. I could just walk over there and be like, hey, I, you remember me. Yeah, of course we remember you. You're, you know. And so anyway, that was one really cool thing. Well, then that, the rest of that day, it, you know, it was cold, drizzly, and there was nobody in the street. And so I... I talked to Julia. I was like, Julia, why don't we just go knock on some people's doors and, and, and tell them, you know, just be like, hey, we realize that it's Easter week. We just want to bless you, you know. And she's like, oh, that's a good idea. We'll just go start on that door right there. And I was like, uh, okay, I wasn't that serious about it, but I guess we'll do it. <laughs> so we just started knocking on doors, and, and we just felt this boldness, this confidence of the Lord just come over us. And we really felt like this was God's heart. I even... You know, I'd, I'd knock on a door and nobody would come. And I was just like, this is the only thing that separates me from, from them knowing God or at least getting to hear about God. And I just was like, oh, Lord, let me, let me talk to these people. Let us get our hands on these people. And so that night we got, to, we got to share with three or four different families. One family invited us into his home, wanted us to come a, a different night, come and stay at his place. He was a Christian. But, you know, it was just like, wow, he, you've talked to us for two minutes and you're inviting us into your home. There was one lady who's Catholic right now, and she's just like, well, you know what? I've, I've kind of been getting, getting sick of different things I've been hearing. And now, get this. She's, she's like probably 40s in, 40 to 50 years old. She's been going to that church, and I, and I have nothing against Catholics. I grew up Catholic um, when I was 18. I, I got confirmed Catholic and everything. Um, but she was just saying, I, I just feel like there's something more. I was like, you're 45. You've been there for years upon years. Your family's probably been in there forever, and now you're saying you want more of God. And I was just like, God, this is amazing, you know, just from this simple conversation. And so she, she said she wanted to come. And this is all the same night. It was just God was really moving. And we have testimony upon testimony, very similar. Nobody's outwardly said, I want Jesus in my life. I'm coming to your church right now. And, you know, nobody's nothing to that extreme yet, though I know that's what God wants to do. But going out and loving on this neighborhood it, it's just it's it's working yeah. and and children are a big thing all these people are like well do you have some do you have some kind of children's ministry is there somewhere we can put our kids and so if some of you you know you feel the call to children's ministry get ready because this neighborhood needs it yeah now w- what ryan is 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 sharing with you is exactly what we're talking about doing and it's meeting our goals and and what you're hearing is is um a situation where they went out ahead of us, even even like listing our goals. You know, the, these guys were out there doing this, 
And God was speaking to us our goals, and our goals are to get to know the neighborhood and to understand the culture and the needs of these people. Uh, and as, as we start to, to articulate the goals and we hear these testimonies, we're like, there it is. You know, it, it, it's, it's already happening. It's already starting to, to, to happen. Now, in just a minute, we're going to talk about what we're going to do out and even beyond Sioux Falls. So Ryan's just going to stay here for a minute. But I, I really want to challenge you to understand that this is all that we've been working for for the last year to year and a half is to get us to this place where we walk out of these doors and we make a difference. All right? This is who we are. This is who God is defining us to be. And he's, and he's at work. God is at work out there. I know he's in here. You know, we don't have the worship we have and the prayer we have and, 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 the, and the unity that we have without God being present to us. We understand that. You know, we've got, we've got a great church, all right? But it's such a well-kept secret. It's here. This, this is Sioux Falls' best secret right here is Life Church, all right? And so we're going out there, and these guys are, are already doing that. That was a cold, wet, rainy day that they went out. You know, I prayed for them and sent them out. I didn't want to go with them. <laughs> I pulled the trump card. I'm your pastor. I'm going to send you forth in the name of Jesus. I'm the apostolic leader. So I, you're the sent ones. I'm staying right here in my warm office with the heater on. Yeah, yeah go ahead. Just one more thing real quick. I want you to recognize the weakness in, all, in that story too. I mean... We were afraid. We were cold. We didn't know what we were doing. And so I, I know a lot of you, you know, some of you might be in those same shoes like, man, that's crazy going up and knocking on doors. I thought the same thing, honestly. I, I mean, when we, when we bridge the gap on Sunday morning, sometimes I'm like so afraid. I'm like, dude, I hope they don't see me. Uh, I'm going to go walk. Or, you know, it, it's hard. It, sometimes it's hard to relate with people and talk to people like just like that. But if I can do it, you guys can do it. I, I guarantee it. And um, so there's a lot of weaknesses in it. So if you feel like you're weak, hey, you're right there with us. We're going to help you. God's going to come alongside of us, and he's going to show up mightily. So. We, we, uh, we got together, and we talked with, with a few different people, and one of the conversations was all about what do I hate most about evangelism? Um, and that was a, it was a legitimate conversation. Was, okay, what do I hate the most? And we, we began to talk about how that a lot of American Western church evangelism seems like door-to-door -door, door -door salesmanship. You know, we're trying to sell something. We got a product and we're trying to sell it. And there's no intimacy. There's no real relationship engaging or connecting there. It's just I'm on a mission. If I'm going to prove to everybody else in my little group that I'm spiritual, then I got to win you to Jesus. So I, I got to push you and press you. And, and it, it's not fun, you know. It's really, really not fun to do it that way. And so we, we've been evaluating, well, what would we do? As a church, how would we bring a gentle persuasion to people? How would we uh, be able to give ourselves and, and share our witness and our testimony in a way that's gentle and non-intrusive? And we felt like that a big part of that was to pray for people, uh, to pray for them just walking around on the streets, but also from time to time seizing the opportunity that God gives us, not to force one. You know, but to just seize the opportunities that God would give us. And this is what they've been exampling over these, these, this little prototype of two weeks or so, three weeks here, that they've been going out. They're proving that it works, that God is out there and he is afoot, he's doing something. And what we want to do is open the door. Here's the reputation we want in this neighborhood. 
Oh, that's that church, Life Church. Yeah, they will pray for you. You know, not that, oh, well, go hide, you know. They're just like the witnesses. Yeah. You, know, you know, they are so pushy. They are this, they are that, they are the other, all right? No, we want to open the door to say, hey, it is a safe place. And you can come in here and you can be loved on. And we've already seen examples of that, all right? And uh, to share one of them with you, one of the, one of the kids, that, the family we've been ministering to um, this week, uh, 18, 19-year-old kid, and uh, over at his house here in the neighborhood, got stung by a bumblebee, you know, on his finger. And uh, this was just God's way of giving me such imagery, and I need that sometimes. I need a picture sometime, and I just want to share it with you. I've been sharing it with everybody because it just impacted me so much, you know. But he comes walking in, and Pastor Dave and I are trying to talk about this, this whole outreach thing and, and moving forward. And he comes in, and, and when I saw him walking across the street, I realized he's headed for our door. And I thought to myself, this is, my, this is the wickedness of my heart. I thought, I hope I, hope I locked that door, because we're busy. We're trying to plan an outreach here. We're trying to reach this neighborhood. You, you get that? Yeah, you, you know where I'm at? Yeah, it's like... I, I can't be bothered by somebody right now. I am focused on reaching this neighborhood. So I need him not to come in this building. I don't want to deal with somebody right now, okay? I have a limited amount of time. The door was not locked, and doggone it, he came right on in. You know, walked right into the coffee shop, walked right up to the table where Pastor Dave and I were sitting, and held out his finger like this, and, and said, I, I got stung by, by a bumblebee. I don't know what to do. And, you know, there's a part of me that still wanting to go, gosh, what's wrong with you? Are you four? <laughs> yeah, he was. He was. Because he's never had a dad to grow him up. He never had somebody to say, this is how you handle life. This is how you deal with life when you get stung. This is what you do. And so this little boy... In, in, in an 18 or 19-year-old body is standing there holding his little finger because he's got a boo-boo. We didn't do anything big. You know what we did? We got a Band-Aid and squeezed some ointment on it and put it on his finger and said, you're going to be all right. And he left. Okay. But he had been touched. Now, we can see this, this neighborhood as an interruption to our focus, to be religious. Or we can see the opportunity and the need that is out there, and there are people who need to know that when they get stung by life, that there's a Heavenly Father that will come to them and love them and fix their (laughs) boo-boo and help them move on in life. And that's the, that's, the atmosphere that we're wanting to create right here. And that's, that's what we're trying to do as we go forward here. We want this entire area that you saw on the map canvassed between now and June 18th. We want every street walked in prayer, bathed in prayer. All right? And that last week, we're going to give out flyers. We're going to put them in every door of every house we can get to within the context of that particular boundary line. And we're going to be here on the 18th, all of us, all day, to say, hey, it's okay. I got stung. It's all right. Jesus can take care of it.
You're all right here. You're going to be safe. That's what, that's what we want to do. All right? So that's the outreach. We want to encourage you. You're going to hear more testimonies. There are going to be sign-up sheets for things for you to do. Uh, if, if you just are way, way overexcited and you want, to, you want to just go ahead and get started on something, talk to Pastor Dave or me, and uh, we'll get you in the right direction. Pray about what you can do. There's so much that, that you can do. Now, we said we have $5,000 that we got from the elders to, for outreach. That's for all outreach. We're going to follow this up in August with another outreach, all right? We're not going to just do one thing and flash in the pan and it's over and we're done and say, all right, well, good, we did our little part. No, we're not going to do that. We're here to stay. We live in this neighborhood. This is our neighborhood. This is where we're going to do life and, and, and be. And so we're, we're, we're in this all the way, okay? So we're going to need way more than $5,000 to impact this neighborhood. But that's, a, that's something where the elders have said, we will invest. As Life Church, we will invest in this thing. And that's, that's the starting place. But we need you, your resources, your time, your talents, your energies, your gifts and callings to be able to do this right. But we're not just going to stop there. We're going to continue to do the things we've been doing. And you get to do that all day on Saturday. And then on Sunday, we get to pray for a group. And they are going to head out to Rosebud. And for the entire following week until the next Sunday, they're going to be on Rosebud Reservation ministering to children out there day and night. So Ryan is the leader of that. And he's going to just talk to you for a minute about that as well. Okay, so two years Two years ago, I, I just felt this um, need to go on a mission trip, and so I decided I was going to go out to Rosebud, and Pastor Bill and I talked about it, and it was my first time out on the res, and <clears throat> hung out with the kids, and heard their stories, and um, my heart broke for them, big time, and I, I couldn't believe the things they went through. <clears throat> so, I came home with a list of a bunch of kids, and prayed for them the whole year, and I just felt like such an impact on my heart. I, I just wanted things to change. I wanted things to change. And I, I remember getting home two years ago and, and getting to my house and being on my doorstep. I think it was my doorstep or my driveway. And thinking that three or four hours from my door, there is like third world country type um, economy. Just three hours away. And, and people that are just living in, in horrible situations and you know, it's things you, you couldn't even imagine. You know, I, I thought it would come from Mexico or something like that, you know, and I've been there too. And, I, you know, it was worse in, in, in some, some respects. And my heart just broke and I felt responsible. You know, I was like, God, we need to change. This needs to change. And I was, I was reading about David and Goliath. And, and, and I think David thought the same thing. He, he saw this Goliath, this, this, this scary giant that was, saying all these things about Israel and how he's going to take them out. And, and David just felt such a responsibility and said, no, not here, not now, not on my time, not while I live here. You know? And I, I feel the same way about what's been going on the reservations. You know? things, are, things are hard, things are bad, but I want to go, and we're going to go this year, and we're just going to do the same thing. We're going to go and we're going to love. That, that is my, not my number one mission, pretty much my number one mission, go and love these kids. Show them... <laughs> What a father, what a mother is, what a brother is, what that means. Because I work with Native Americans day in and day out now, and they don't know what love is. They can't define it for you. They'll give you a really bad definition. They don't know what a brother is because they've had horrible relationships with their brothers. A lot of them. I'm not saying everybody. I'm just saying, you know, and so we're going to define. I'm going to want to go there and try and define what it looks like to have an adult in your life that loves you. And so that's one of the things, another huge thing, I want to see reconciliation happen. 
just going to serve the Native Americans while we're there, helping them with their food, helping them put up their tents, letting them make fun of us. <laughs> call us hairy, call us goofy, you know. <laughs> My nickname was Sasquatch for the last two years. <laughs> they'll, they'll say crazy things about you and make fun of you. And so that's, that's one really cool thing about their cultures that they love to joke around. Um, so that's what we're doing. And, and I'm telling you what, we worked with 30 kids last year, and they kind of, or more than that, I think 50 kids, and by the end it was about 30 kids, and every one of those kids gave their life to Jesus the last day. So I'm telling you, it's powerful, and they want God. They just need some people there to support them for a little bit, and so we're going to do all we can. Um, yeah, some of the logistics. Do you want me to go into that? Can you I? can. Okay. So June 20th is coming up. Um, it's Monday. We're going to be meeting here at about noon on June 20th, going until the 25th, um, which I think is, it's a Saturday. I'm not sure what time we're going to leave on Saturday. We may even leave late Friday night. It just kind of depends. Their, uh, their culture is just kind of, you just go with the flow. And I, I'm like, I like that because I'm kind of like that too, um, <laughs> which makes things difficult for people who work under me. But bear with me. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to go there for a few days. We're going to camp. It's not going to cost you anything except travel to get there and to bless them with a little bit of money. Um, they'll have three meals every day for us. We're going to hang out with kids. We're going to preach to them. We're going to hang out with them. We're going to jump in the river with them, build campfires with them, tell them about our lives in Christ, tell them about our families, and, and just get to know them. Um, and last year I went back, and, you know, I, I feel like I'm going to the, this, like, uh, this family deal, you know. It feels like a, what do you call those when you're family? Reunion. Yeah, family reunion. <laughs> I, I, feel, I really feel like that's what's happening when I go out there. So it's like God's already there, and he's already at work. So, um, But it's a lot of work, Ryan, isn't it? Oh, yes. Okay, that's, that's another part. It is a lot of work, and it is a dark place. It is a hard place. It, I mean, there are demonic presence there that you can literally feel. You know, it, it, it's real. The, and the enemy has camped there, and that's why I want to go there. And I want to show the light of Jesus. And, and so it is hard. I mean, last year, I remember the third day, I was so tired and wanting to sleep. And I couldn't stand one more kid jumping on my shoulders because <laughs> I was sunburned. And I was like, oh, I just need a break because it, it, it gets hard, you know. And, and the, it's demanding. They, they will demand much of us. And so... Um, if, if you're planning on going, get ready to work hard. You know, get ready to sweat and get ready. I'm going to throw you out there, out to the wolves. You know, I'm going to be there by you and bless you and help you. But it, it is going to be difficult. I'm not going to leave you alone by any, by any means. And I'm going to follow you wherever you go. I'll be all over you. But um, just know that it is going to be grueling. And so, you know, if, you know if there are any, you know, any of you that have, just difficulties in, in really tough environments or any physical ailment type things that, that might restrict you, you know, just, just pray. Pray about it. Think twice about it and come and talk to me um, and we'll figure out what we're going to do. So, Ryan's being very gracious right there and being very polite in the way he, he shares that with you. If, if you struggle physically and you have um, some physical problems that require medications and there are fluctuations in, in your physical uh, abilities such as stamina uh, and all of that, uh, you need to really consider very carefully whether or not you would go, all right? Uh, 
this is, as he said, it's not for the light of heart or uh, for, you've got to be strong. You've got to be strong and you've got to have a lot of energy and you've got to be able to get up early in the morning. You've got to be able to love the unlovable and touch yeah. the untouchable. Uh, you've got to deal with the demonic. These are, these are big things. We, we want you to go. We're encouraging you to sign up and take a week of your life and go and do something like this. It'll be great. It's life-changing for you. Yeah. Uh, but you do need to, if you have limitations, as he said, you need to talk to Ryan ahead of time. He can't afford to have something happen out there that, that takes his focus away from dealing with the ministry that, that they're called to do. All right, So you, you, you can't be a liability out there. You've got to be an asset out there. So that needs to be determined ahead of time. So that's why we're talking to you now. We're, guys, we're spending so much time today doing this because we believe that this is so vital. This has got to be done with great success. Yeah. This isn't to be done with finesse. It's to be done with success. All right? And that's, that's the important thing here is that this isn't fluff. This isn't for us to look good. We're not even going to tell the, the world that we do this. All right? We're just going to do this. Yeah. All right? Here and there. And, and the amazing thing is some of those kids out there will actually end up right here. Yeah. All right? Uh, Lowell Elementary is on our, our border of this area. It's one of the schools that we're going to bless and pray for and walk around and care about. My wife teaches there. Uh, Wade's been there for, for a number of years. Um, and and a, a lot of the kids that they get come right off of Rosebud Reservation. All right? Uh, so we, this is, there, there is some connection there between the two. All right? Uh, so anyway, start praying now. Can you go? If you can, you need to talk to Ryan right away about that. I'm okay. going to put a sign-up um, list on, back on the back table. So if you want to sign up, just put your name on there. I'll get you some more information. Okay. Dang we it. have these um, handouts, too, on the back table if you're interested. Sweet. Thank you, Ryan. Thanks, Pastor Dave. Thanks to the rest of you who are already prayer walking. You've already been doing things. And I want to tell you something. There are others who have been doing things all along. Uh, over uh, the last few years, uh, Christmas time, the college students went out and... Uh, Handed out, um, help me, cookies. Yeah, we are. We should be called Cookie Church. Man, we. I wonder how many cookies we've given out of this church. All right, how many cookies have gone out the door of Life Church in somebody's tummy and in plates? Um, but uh, yeah, they went out and shared cookies at Christmas and gave cookies out to different houses in the neighborhood and talked to them and had little cards with the church's address and things like that on it, and we, uh, I remember when we first got the building, we prayer walked in the neighborhood. Uh, I remember I walked with Kent, Candace and I walked, and it was a cold, rainy day, uh, but we walked, we walked all out on the highway, and, 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 and it was amazing the number of people that we, we met and the variety of ethnicities that were out there. Um, I need to talk to you for a few minutes about uh, our church and what it means to be an elder in this church, so just give me a few more minutes of time here. And um, I want to take you to uh, a few passages of Scripture here. And um, I don't want to belabor this, but I want to help you to understand something. We're creating an environment for this neighborhood to feel like there's a safe place for them to come. And uh, I know that that can feel unsafe sometimes to us as God's people. We've created this wonderful little church. It's very life-giving. We do life together. We're comfortable with one another. We love each other. We come here and gather and we eat and, and we have services and we worship and all of that. Uh, but in the midst of that, uh, God has called us to go out. And uh, when people come in, sometimes it doesn't feel as safe. It doesn't feel as fun. It doesn't feel as, as good. 
Uh, and yet that is the responsibility that we have. That's the sacrifice that we have to make. And I want to challenge us all to do that. But I want you to understand that we aren't just throwing you to the wolves, as, as, as Ryan alluded to uh, in, in going out. I guarantee you Ryan's going to be right there, right breathing down your neck, because he loves these native people. And he's not going to let anything get, get all screwed up and messed up out there. And he loves you, and so he's, he's going to protect you while you're out there. And he's going to encourage you and build you up. Uh, that's, that's what we're all about in this church, is encouraging and building up and empowering people. Uh, and so when we say we want you here and we want you in the neighborhood and we want you going out, um, we do. But we will be there with you. The pastors are going to be right there with you. Uh, I've, in, I've asked the elders to really consider their eldership and uh, really look at, at uh, their role in the church and being hands-on. And um, I don't want us to have an eldership that's just an advisory board, just, just giving us a little bit of advice here and there. But I want an eldership of men who, number one, pray hard and seek God hard. And they know God deeply. And they're passionate about God. But also that they love the people. That they love this church. That they understand that as an elder, this is a priority for them. This is where they live and dwell and have their being and have a great sense of responsibility. That they have been entrusted with the care of this church. And that is a huge, huge responsibility that is not from me, but it is from God. And, uh, and the reason that we, we say that is because we want you to know that we are creating a safe place for you as well. That you're going to live and, and, and you're going to have a relationship with Christ and with others in the body in a very safe context. You know, you're going to grow, so it's going to hurt, it's going to be hard, it's going to be challenging, all of that kind of stuff, but in a context that is safe, all right? And so I want to talk just a little bit about the role of an elder and the reason that we have elders in the church, okay? Because I think elders are extremely vital. I think they're extremely important. I think they're extremely biblical. I think they're, they're absolutely necessary for us as a church to be able to go forward. They give you a very, a very safe place to come and, and to find Jesus and, and to live out your, your life with others, okay? So within that, I want to talk a little bit about the, the, what, it, what it means to be an elder, like, kind of like the qualification kind of stuff to be an elder. Uh, but I want to also talk about why there needs to be some elders, all right? And, um, and, and hopefully you can begin to see a little bit better here the structure of Life Church. I was telling Pastor Dave that, you know, for me, this is one of those, like, boring messages, you know, that's why I'm going to try to keep it really short. By the way, I'm going to pat myself on the shoulder here. I have preached shorter sermons lately than I ever have in my entire life. My sermons have gotten a little bit short. I, I'll take the amens on that, okay? I'll talk to you later, but I will take the amen. <laughs> Uh, um, we, you know, I, I, haven't, I haven't been as long and, and wordy and drawn out, uh, and I, I'm going to try to stay that way today too, okay? Uh, but I do, I do want to talk to you about this, and I, for me, this is like one of those boring sermons, so I want to really keep it short, you know? Because it's like, okay, we're talk about elders, you know? I mean, who, sorry, elders, but I mean, when anyone says elders, everybody go, oh, yes, oh, I'm so excited. No one, they go, huh? <laughs> you know? We, we, have, we have elders, okay, you know, they don't even ask what they are, you know, okay, fine, you know, no, it's, it's one of those unthankful kind of places, you know, but yet it's one of the most vital and important places in the church, and I, so I want to I help us to understand that a little bit today. We have elders, Life Church has elders, all right, and um, uh, the pastors of Life Church, Pastor Daniel, Pastor David, and myself, we answer to those elders, all right? Uh, those elders answer to the scriptures and to us. It, it, it works back and forth. We share our vision. We share our heart. Uh, we talk about the things that God's giving us to, to, to do as, as a church. Uh, this, this vision for outreach has been cast out out of the, the, the hearts of the pastors, uh, but the, the, the elders 
grabbed a hold of it and said, yes, you know, we couldn't, we couldn't allocate $5,000 and say that's just going to go to, uh, uh, to outreach. No, we had to talk to the elders and ask them, would you please do this? Would you, would you allot this money for outreach? And they said, yes. It was a unanimous vote, by the way. All the elders were in agreement that we would, we would do this, all right? Um, you know, we love our elders. Our elders love us. In all honesty, we could probably get away with a lot. Uh, but but, uh, but at the end of the day, um, they can call us on anything, all right? They can challenge us, and, and they can correct us, uh, and they're there to help us. They're, help, they're there to help guide uh, the, the, the pastoral effort of this church, and that's a very, very important thing, all right, uh, to, to do. And so that helps you. That helps you as the body. We have, uh, remember, we have outside overseers. If, if I did something wrong uh, that was immoral or unethical in some way that jeopardized the life of the church, uh, and I had to be dismissed from my position in this church. There are outside elders, Brother Jerry Moots, who, who shared here uh, in a previous Sunday recently. Uh, he's one of our outside elders. All right, That group of men come in then, and they help our elders to be able to navigate through that process of removing me from my position and acquiring a new pastor for for this church, okay? Uh, so that is one of the, the, the systems that we have in place, all right? The other is that we have five elders in this church who are here to help guide uh, and create and guide the spiritual atmosphere of this church, all right? They're here to help us to grow and to be effective and do the very best job that we possibly can do. So um, I, I want to I thank our elders for the, for the great job that they're doing. Let me take you to Acts chapter 6, and let's look at some verses there. Um, most of the time, this particular passage is used to really talk more about deacons, uh, men who work within the context of the church. Our church is a small body, so our elders function in kind of a, a duality. They, they function in, in, in various ways. They, they sort of help administrate the church and, and, and help the church to, to function and, and do a lot of work, hands-on work in the church. But they also are spiritual leaders and, and teachers within our, our church as well. All right? So they have some of those kind of responsibilities. So it's kind of a, a dual thing. Uh, but in this particular passage, I want to take you through a couple of things here and talk for just a moment. It says in those days, now the church is in, in the book of Acts is growing, all right? Uh, it, it's starting to have an increase. And there's, there's a contention that has risen up in the church between two different like ethnic type groups. And uh, some of the women they felt like were being ministered to and being fed, the widows, you know, they're being taken care of. But they felt like this other group probably wasn't being taken care of. At least that group didn't feel like they were being taken care of. And they felt like there was some inequity there going on within the church. And so uh, there's some, some situations arose out of that. And so there was a need to take care of things, all right? So it says in those days then when the number of the disciples was increasing, in other words, the church was growing, the Hellenistic Jews among them complained against the Hebraic Jews, all right? Uh, that's, that's such a, uh, a picture of church life, isn't it? Some people think one way and some think another way. Some agree on this, some disagree on that. You know, and there, there's always things going on. Not, not everybody's in total agreement with different situations. So there's this little complaint that comes up in the early church, all right? They're growing. You know, they're moving forward. You know, it, it's a good thing. God's on the move and the church is growing. Uh, but, but the widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. So the 12, the disciples, they gathered all the other disciples together, the leaders did, and they said, it would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables. All right, this is not an arrogant expression. This is not a pompous expression. 
What they're simply saying here is, hey, guys, we know what our role and our duty, our function, our responsibility is. You know, we need to be in the Word. And what they're realizing, what they're saying here is, you know what, guys, we have a huge responsibility from God. And that responsibility is that we spend a significant amount of time praying and seeking God, reading and studying His Word, so that when we speak to you and teach you, we are doing it under the authority and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And God is moving in your hearts as a result of that. And I'm going to tell you something. That is a lofty thing in the eyes of many. But if you're in there doing it, and that's positionally where God has set you, pastoral ministry is a heavy-duty thing. To go to bed at night and to wonder, did I represent God effectively? But more so, did I care for the soul of a man or woman in such a way that they are closer to God? Man, you, you can second-guess yourself. You can... You can wonder, uh, you, can, you can wrestle and, and have sleepless nights over that kind of stuff. And I'm not saying that, that you should feel sorry for us. You shouldn't. I just want you to understand, we as pastors have a, a heavy responsibility that requires us spending a large amount of time seeking God, praying, studying the Word, and being capable to share with you the things of the kingdom in such a way that your lives are impacted and you grow and you are more effective. We don't want you out there doing an outreach on the 18th and you don't know anything about Jesus. <laughs> that's, not what, that's not what we're trying to create here. We want you to be ready and equipped to share the love of Jesus Christ. Let's go to the next verse. Brothers and sisters, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the Spirit and wisdom. We will turn this responsibility over to them and will give our attention to prayer and to the ministry of the Word. What they're saying is we'll do what we're called to do and what we're supposed to do. We'll be able to do that if there are good men in the ministry who can do these other things, who can take care of the things that need to be done. All right? Next verse. This proposal pleased the whole group. Everybody was in agreement. All right? Every, not, this wasn't just a, like a little pastoral thing or a little disciple thing of the, among the twelve, but the whole group agreed. All right? They chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit, and Philip and Prochorius and these other guys that I can't pronounce their names. Um, and it says in verse 6, they presented these men to the apostles who prayed and laid their hands on them. So there was some type of little installation that took place, you know, this, this setting in order of this little group of, of, of men that they could do this work. Now, keep in mind, we're talking about a, a kind of a diaconess of men who are serving, all right? Uh, and verse 7. So the word of God spread. The number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly, and a large number of priests became obedient to the faith, all right? This is amazing. All right? They had this little contention because there was some growth going on and, and, and different kinds of people had come into the faith and they were coming up together and there was a certain group of widows that were from two different sects, if you will, and, and so one's feeling that they're being left out and they're not quite being ministered to. And so it's brought to the, the, the disciples, to the leaders, and they're, and they're supposed to take care of this. You know, so here's, the, here's someone saying, I have a need. My need's not being met. You need to take care of me. And that's legitimate, okay? That's church. That, that, that's what we do, all right? But the, the, the pastors or the disciples are saying, the leaders are saying, hey, you know what? Now we have to do something. We've grown to this place where we have to do something uh, that will allow us to continue to do what we are called to do, and that is to be in the Word, to be faithful and diligent to that, to that study of the Word, and to prayer. In particular, praying and studying will allow us to preach to you and to teach you uh, the Word of truth, all right? And so what are we going to do? All right, let's get some men together. Let's raise up some men. Let's choose these men out from among us, 
And, uh, and, and here's, here's what we're going to do. We're going to look for these men. And when, when we established them, and they did, they, they found these men. Uh, the Bible says that once they were installed and established and doing their work, it says that the word of God spread. See, if the leaders are always doing the other stuff, they can't get in the word. And if they can't get in the word, they can't preach it. All right? If, if, I, if I said to you, you know what? I'm going to be a father and a provider to all of you, and I'm going to feed you every day. All right? And here's what I'm going to feed you. I'm just going to feed you leftover bread every day. I'm going to, you're going to get the same thing day after day after day. Well, there would be some things that would happen. First of all, you would become extremely dissatisfied very quickly. And, and that dissatisfaction would lead you to not to want to have me take care of you anymore. But worse than that, you would not get the balance of what you needed to grow healthy and strong and to prosper as a human being. And that carries over into the spiritual dimensions as well. If you are not receiving the rhema, the fresh bread of God, if you're not getting the relevant word for the day that applies to your life in the context of your own culture and in the place of your own needs, then we have not been effective as pastors. We need time to do that. We need time to study and, and, and to grow spiritually ourselves and to be filled with God's Spirit so that when we come up here and stand before you, the anointing of God is upon our lives and the message on God's heart is in our heart and the delivery is precisely targeted to hit the mark where you need to be touched by God. That's when you can preach a sermon and everybody interprets it different but everybody gets something from it, you know? It, it, it grabs everybody, you know, but just in different ways, all right? Because God is at work. The Spirit is moving. We're being able to do that. So the Word of God spreads. The, the, the exciting thing is that the number of disciples right there in Jerusalem increased rapidly. And even a large number of priests, that's not the Catholics, okay, Ryan, but priests, okay, that <laughs> becomes obedient to the faith. Now what it means is religious people. Religious people got Jesus. That's going to be so much fun in Sioux Falls when religious people start getting Jesus. I'm going to love that day. All right? That's, it's just going to be great when God just messes people up. You know, people who've been so properly religious just suddenly find Jesus. It's going to be a great day. And I, so I, want, to, I want to challenge us that, that we live out of the context of this particular passage for a while. All right? That we, we begin to, to understand and realize that, that God has set up some men in the church to do the work of the ministry. And that work of the ministry is done so that the pastors can spend time in prayer and in the study of God's word and they can preach the gospel of Jesus Christ with power and with authority. All right? Do, do you want that? I mean, is that, that, that's the Bible way. And that's what, that's what I want us to do. And I want to challenge us that we're, we're living that out. All right? And, and so we're about to install a new elder. And one, of, one of those men is coming on. Now, he's already served in a, in a couple of board meetings. And, and uh, some of you are going, well, how does that happen? Well, here's what happens is I spend time with guys, all right, in the context of this church, and I get to know them, and I pray with them, and after I do that for a season, and I have to know and have been around one of these men in this church for at least a year, and we have to have prayed together at times and, 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 and shared our hearts with each other, I get to know these men, and then at that point, I make a recommendation to the elders to say, this is a man that I believe has the ability to lead this church 
and to care about this church. I believe his heart is right. You know, you learn that when you pray with guys, all right, and when you spend time with them. This, this man has not only God's heart, but this man has my heart as a pastor of this church. He understands life church. And so I recommend him to you that you receive him on, on board here as an elder. And then the elders get to, to vote as to whether or not that man actually becomes an elder. And we not only are doing that in the context of a man being brought on board, but uh, when a man is married, his wife comes with him. Eldership doesn't separate. Eldership makes safe the environment of the church. And so we have a, a system where, yes, we invite men in, and if they agree to be considered, they're voted on by the current elders within in the church, uh, they are brought on. When they come on, we've, they've already talked to their wives. Their wives already understand the implications of that. They're coming on as a team. That's why oftentimes when we say, can the elders come up, oftentimes you'll see their wives come with them. Their wives come up and pray as, as well. Okay? So there is this need in the church for men to come up, step up, and do the work of the ministry within the, within the local church. And that's what we're looking for is good, strong men who believe that this church is the place that God has put them and that they make this church a huge priority in their lives as far as being able to serve. All right? And that is the key. We are looking for men who can serve, men who are full of the Spirit, men who are righteous and pure. All of these qualifications that were listed in, in the book of Acts. All right? We're, we're looking for this. All right? They chose men full of faith. They chose men full of the Holy Spirit. All right? They, they presented these men. And they were installed. And amazing things happened. All right, let me take you to 1 Timothy chapter 3, and then we're going to install Wendell. All right? I shared this list once, and one of the elders that was being installed came up afterwards, and he goes, man, I just about ran out the door. I went, that is not me. <laughs> Here's a trustworthy saying. Whoever aspires to be an overseer desires a noble task. I'm going to be honest with you. If some guy walked up to me and said, hey, I want to be an elder. I would probably go, whoa, Tonto. <laughs> uh, hang on. All right? We, we, we don't wait for guys to come and ask us. We don't even look for guys who, are, who, who, who come and ask us to be elders. Like I said, we live among them. They live among us. We pray with them. We get to know them. We have relationship with them. All right? But whoever aspires, whoever is willing to be an, an overseer or an elder desires a noble task. Now the overseer is to be above reproach, faithful to his wife, temperate, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach. Let's go on to verse 3. Not given to drunkenness, not violent, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. He must manage his own family well and see that his children obey him. And he must do so in a manner worthy of full respect. Continue on, please. If anyone does not know how to manage his own family, how can he take care of God's church? He must not be a recent convert or he may become conceited and fall under the same judgment as the devil. Verse 7. He must also have a good reputation with outsiders. That means in the community. So that he will not fall into disgrace or embarrass the church and enter into the devil's trap. What a, what a list. 
Now, what I want to say to you is that that's almost an inhuman list. <laughs> that's like the Superman list of spirituality. And here's what I want you to understand. We are not under law. We are under grace. And I'm going to ask you that you live in grace with your elders. All right? They are still human. And I like to have fun. So we want an environment where our elders can love you and serve you, teach you and correct you, bless you and help you, care about you and watch over you in the most life-giving, loving, fun-filled environment possible. And so when we start to look around and who can do that, who, who can do these kinds of things, who can fulfill these roles, we begin to look for men in this congregation. And I believe that in each case, God leads us to just the right man. And in this year, God has led us to Wendell Booth. And I can tell you this, already he's proven very faithful. And I love all of my elders. But I'll brag on Wendell and tell you in a minute that Wendell exemplifies servant. As much as any man I've ever known in my life. He exemplifies gentleness. If I could, if I could say... You want me to show you what, what, what a father is like? You want, you want me to show you the gentleness and the love of, of a spiritual father? I, I, I got one. I'm confident. I can, I can bring Wendell out and say, imitate this man. That isn't puffing him up. Paul said, do what I do. Watch me do what I do. You'll be all right. <laughs> Paul wasn't arrogant. He wasn't being presumptuous there. He was just confident that he had lived in the context of Scripture. He knew he was doing what God said to do. He knew he was obeying Scripture. And so he could look at a guy and say, okay, well, you want to do it right? Just follow me. Do what I do. Be like me. You'll come out all right. I remember once I was in a, in a service with a whole bunch of flaming charismaniacs. It was 47 genie omelets in the same room. Yeah. yeah. Flags are going everywhere. Arms are going everywhere. Heads are shaking. Stuff is going on. It was great. I'm not so flaming. So I was sitting there, and this guy was sitting next to me. And this guy in front of us, every once in a while, it was the weirdest thing because the Spirit of God would come upon him, and then he would go, yeah. Well, I was right there, you know, yeah. Literally, this was in, in Minot, North Dakota, Northwest Bible College. And uh, he's a great big guy with a bald head. Back then, it wasn't popular to be bald. He just had a bald head. And we, the guy next to me, um, he was a professor. And uh, R.B. Thomas was his name. And, and we would both kind of go, like this, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, two or three times we did that, finally I said, I said, Dr. Thomas, does this bother you, he goes, no, it's fine, it's fine, um, he goes, uh, Bill, 
you worry about whether or not you're following God and being obedient to the Holy Spirit? And I go, well, yeah, sometimes I do. I, I don't, I don't, you know, I'm, I didn't grow up in this, and so I'm a little concerned. And and he goes, well, I'll help you out. And when all these guys are running around and spinning and doing this stuff, if you're wondering if you should do it or not, just watch me. If I do it, jump at it. If I don't do it, just stay right where you're at. You'll be fine. (laughs) Now, he was sort of joking, but at the same time, I remember feeling like, wow, you know, I like older men who kind of, they got my back. And he said, you know what, if I do something here, you go ahead and do it. You're free to do it. It's fine. Do it. You know what he was saying, really? He was saying, you want to experiment a little bit? Just step out. Just step out. But if you're not sure, just watch me. We'll be okay. There was a part of me that was saying, I don't do crazy stuff. If I do it, it's going to be God. He wasn't boastful. He wasn't proud. He's just saying, hey, I'm seasoned here. I know when the Spirit moves. Just follow me. Go with me. We want an environment here that is safe for everybody. The flaming, ultra-charismatic and the very subdued and quiet and reserved little mouse in the corner. Wherever you are in your walk with God, whatever you're doing. You can do a whole lot of stuff. But at the end of the day, I want to have prayed and studied the Word of God and spent the time that I can break open the Scriptures to you and know that whether you're dancing in the streets or you're on the reservation or you're at the underground house of prayer or you're on the mission field somewhere, are you going to the store to, to just buy some food for a homeless family? That it's all born out of the truth of God's word and nothing else. And that's safe. And I am committing to you today and presenting to you Wendell Booth. You follow him, you'll do all right. It'll be safe. Wendell and Susan, will you come? Would you welcome them as elders in Life Church? Yes. Susan hates this stuff. Uh, let me read one passage of scripture you may be seated let me read one passage of scripture here found in 1st Thessalonians chapter 5 but we request of you brethren that you appreciate those who diligently labor among you and have charge over you in the Lord and give you instruction and that you esteem them very highly in love because of their work. And so, as we close today, I want to esteem two people very highly for all of their work. 
and their willingness to say yes to the huge and noble task of being elders in Life Church. And I want to put my blessing first on that choice and to commend our elders for bringing this couple into this place of responsibility and care of Life Church. I guarantee you, you will be safe in their care. And so we bless them as elders in the name of Jesus. Ask the other elders and their wives to come and stand with us. I have asked these elders to carefully consider their role and their responsibility. You see, elders in Life Church are lifetime positions. Lest they resign themselves are because of some spiritual failure uh, and they need to be dismissed, they will serve throughout their lifetime uh, in eldership until they feel that they are no longer capable because of age or our physical conditions or whatever. So these are, these are your elders right here. These are the people who give care to you and take care of this church. I'm going to ask the pastors to come. I realize Pastor Daniel and Pastor Carl are close to the end of their tenure as pastors here, but they are pastors right now. So we're going to ask them to come up and be with us uh, as well because we appreciate them. You'll get another time to appreciate them and honor them as they leave. We're going to send them off big. We're going to have the biggest party Life Church has ever had Pastor Daniel and Pastor Carla. Okay. All right. Um, Pastor Carla, I'm sorry. I just realized it. Pastor Carla. Maybe that's prophetic or something. I don't know. Yeah. Did you just cringe when I said that? Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, I have asked them to really consider prayerfully where they're at. None of them came to me and said that they didn't anyone want to be elders anymore. Uh, so today they are making a, a, new, a renewed commitment to their eldership in this church and caring for you. So would you all stand with me? And if you're comfortable doing so, just reach your hands towards them. Pastors, I need you around this new elder and his wife here to lay hands on them. And, and uh, I'm going to pray and asking you all to pray in agreement with me as we pray for this leadership of Life Church here today. Paul Olson is not with us today. He can't be because of uh, work. Uh, but Anne is here standing. So she's, she's going to get a double blessing today as, as, as we pray. But Paul Olson is our other elder uh, in Life Church. All right, Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. Every good and perfect gift is from above. And you have given us great gifts in the lives of these men and women. And so, Father, by faith, we bless their ministry over Life Church today. And we ask you, God, that you would release your love and power and authority in each one of them. We pray, Lord, that your anointing would rest upon them and that you would go before them, that you would be their rear guard, that you would be the foundation beneath them and the cover above them. We pray for great strength and a shield of protection over each of them. We pray, Lord, that their example will come forth, not just in moments of necessity, but it will flow out of them, that they would continually be a spring of living water flowing forth into life church. I pray, God, that, that your presence would be evident not only in what they do and say, 
but in, the, in the, the inheritance that you will give them of sons and daughters throughout the years of time, God. We pray, Lord, that their wisdom would be your wisdom. Their knowledge and understanding would be yours. Their heart would be God's heart. And that their glory would be your glory. So, God, we submit them to you today and we lift them up. And in particular... Today, by faith and with great joy, we submit Wendell and Susan to you as the new elders of Life Church. Be glorified through their lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Hey, thanks for being here today. We love you. We love being your pastors and elders. Have a great week, all right? Bless you.